This podcast is brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. BankInfoSecurity.com is your source for the news and views shaping security and risk management within the finance space. Check fraud losses are declining, but losses linked to debit fraud continue to climb. According to a new survey from the ABA, 96% of U.S. banks included in the survey suffered financial losses linked to debit fraud in 2010. So what steps is the industry taking to address these growing losses? Hi, I'm Tracy Kitten with Information Security Media Group. I'm here today with Jane Yao, Vice President and Director of the Benchmarking and Survey Research Group for the American Bankers Association. Jane, the AB recently issued updated statistics about deposit account fraud based on this biannual survey that it collected from U.S. banks. Can you give us some background about the study, such as the number and size of the banks surveyed and what types of fraud statistics the ABA hoped to glean from the results? Sure. Uh, we surveyed banks of all sizes, and the results are tabulated by bank exercise. Uh, we have community banks ranging from less than $500 million in assets uh, up to large banks, uh, super regional uh, money center institutions with over $50 billion in assets. In total, we have 117 respondents. In addition, uh, we surveyed uh, a small sample of non-respondents just to make sure there's no sampling bias. The purpose of the survey is to track deposit account fraud. Uh, we started the survey uh, back in the 90s. Uh, initially, it was about check fraud. And as the payments channels uh, involved uh, evolved into electronic-based uh, transactions. We added uh, the different uh, electronic channels, such as debit cards, online banking, and so forth. What we wanted to see really is to see how the fraud uh, evolved over time and what the industry's been doing to address those issues. Uh, we did several check fraud studies in the 90s, and in 2000, from 2000 on. Uh, the survey was expanded to cover all uh, payment channels. And the results, of course, highlight that check fraud is decreasing while fraud linked to debit continues to grow. But were there any nuances that stood out about the results? Yeah, even though the check fraud losses decrease, this is for the first time since we started tracking check fraud losses, we continue to see very high level of attempts. Um, as you know, the survey collected data on um, uh, attempted fraud as well. So I think the bank is doing a good job in preventing check fraud uh, with the investment in new technologies-based uh, prevention tools. And also, uh, consumers are more aware of these fake check scams uh, with uh, the public campaigns and so forth. But the attempts are still out there. And then what about some of the reporting variations among institutions? Um, I noted that from some of the results, it seemed that larger institutions were more likely to report fraud than smaller institutions. Is that just because maybe the smaller institutions aren't aware of fraud losses? Uh, I wouldn't put it that way. I think large banks, because of their um, large customer base, is a uh, an easy target for the fraudsters. Uh, the small institutions, they are, I think they are very well aware of the uh, fraudulent transactions out there, and some of them actually experienced attempts but did not suffer any losses. Uh, and also for small institutions, one loss could be, uh, a, you know, have a much bigger impact than for a larger institution. I think the uh, community banks, they 
are aware of the uh, fraud out there and they are taking actions to address the issue as well. Now, going back to some of the breakdowns that were listed about fraud in the survey results, the leading fraud category was linked to counterfeit debit cards, followed by card not present transactions. Skimming losses were concerns for all of the banks, with more than half of the respondents saying that they expect losses from ATM skimming to go up over the course of the next 12 months. They also said they expect losses linked to signature debit to increase. Are those results surprising, Jane? And if so, why? And if not, why not? They're not surprising because the uh, debit card fraud is going up. It's, uh, it's easier for the fraudsters nowadays, as you know, with the data breaches and some of the phishing emails and, and actually broad-based phishing uh, emails and so forth uh, targeting different segments of the uh, population. Some of the card information is available online for purchase by fraudsters. So seeing the counterfeit card losses going up, uh, it is not surprising. Um, in terms of ATM skimming, uh, that's another area we uh, heard a lot because the chip and pin in most of the world, uh, the U.S. market becomes one of the um, areas that the fraud can still come out and do ATM skimming relatively easy. So I don't think there was any surprise in um, these results. So based on the information that was collected from the results, to what transaction type, POS PIN, POS Signature, or ATM, do most institutions seem to suffer the greatest losses? The POS Signature. Um, for the POS PIN and ATM, um, because of the uh, additional authentication using PIN, it does seem to take more efforts for the fraudsters to use those uh, transactions to commit fraud. So that's the we'll continue to see uh, more fraudulent uh, activities using signature, POS signature, than other types of cards. And then, Jane, when we step back and look at debit fraud losses overall, how did those rank relative to other types of fraud? At this point, debit card losses, based on our estimate, has surpassed uh, check fraud in terms of the uh, industry losses. The other channels, right now, the losses appeared low, even though we are uh, seeing attempts for example, the uh, uh, mobile banking, online banking, there are definitely attempts reported, but so far the losses have been uh, relatively low compared to debit or even check fraud. Yeah, that's an interesting point, and that's a nice segue to my next question, and that was to actually look at some of the survey results. 31% of the institutions included in the survey reported losses from data breaches, while 29% reported losses from phishing or spoofing attacks. How were the two differentiated? How were data breaches differentiated from phishing and spoofing? And did those percentages reflect increases from 2008? Uh, the data breaches will be more the hacking into the uh, system and uh, grab the data set from the system of the company's uh, database versus phishing. Will, spoofing will be an email to the uh, customers or the uh, consumers and trying to get the account information from the uh, account owners. Um, compared to the last survey, uh, we're seeing uh, a lower percentage of losses coming from data breaches. Uh, we are seeing a decrease in major data breaches in 2010, and I think that's reported um, by different sources. We are hearing that some of the data breaches are moving to smaller companies, institutions, such as restaurants and, and some of these uh, smaller retail outlets. Um, in terms of uh, phishing and spoofing, uh, it did go up compared with the last survey. I think the last time it was about 22%. Uh, 
And again, with the increased activities and also uh, the phishing spoofing emails now, nowadays, um, they look very sophisticated. Uh, the quality is very high, so it's very easy to be deceived by it. Now, did the ABA find increases in online banking, ACH, and wire fraud from 2008 to 2010? Definitely more attempts, and uh, our survey participants also identified these channels as the uh, emerging risks. However, in terms of actual losses, uh, we have heard some major cases out there due to account takeover. But if you look across the industry, the percentage of banks reporting this type of fraud is still very low. And then what about fraud linked to mobile banking? Have losses increased there as more institutions offer mobile solutions? Based on the survey results, mobile is the channel with the lowest percentage of um, respondents reporting having losses. And most of those are uh, large institutions. And then I think that makes sense because of the actual offering transactions probably is still not that broad-based at this point. A lot of time is still alerts that have transactions. It has been relatively limited. And I wanted to ask about remote deposit capture via mobile. It is expected to increase over the course of the next 12 months based on what some of the survey respondents shared with the ABA. What security concerns do mobile RDC options pose? Uh, it appears that duplicate uh, presentment uh, is the number one concern for financial institutions. Uh, I think they are uh, uh, using software to try to identify a duplicate presentment of the same check. And then what about some of the best practices that the ABA has noted regarding education and fraud prevention from the survey results? What are some of the best practices that you picked up on? Effective communication with uh, customers and also staff members, that's the key. And also using uh, technology-based tools to monitor uh, transactions is becoming very important. And also the monitoring need to be at the customer, the relationship level, uh, a more holistic view of a customer's transactions across all the different product lines is very, very uh, important. There could be activities elsewhere that are out of pattern leading to the funds being transferred into DDA uh, and eventually uh, move the funds out of the bank. So uh, banks employing these uh, monitoring tools and in the debit card world would be the neural network type of uh, systems um, have seen good results. Another tool that are effective in the debit card space would be the uh, real-time decisioning. So they will be able to decline a transaction uh, real-time versus back office. And in terms of education uh, for consumers, because increasingly the fraudsters are targeting the customers' uh, equipment and so forth, uh, so educating consumers about this kind of a threats out there and be aware of these activities, I think that's the key, that's the first line. And for the staff members, providing tools for frontline staff so they could um, receive alerts or uh, having some institutions use risk scores to um, identify a transaction and give some indication to the frontline staff whether this transaction need to be uh, reviewed further. Uh, those type of uh, tools will be very helpful as well. And I know um, several institutions will go out and regularly visit branches and uh, inform them of the latest trend, uh, fraudulent activities, and so forth. 
and so they are aware of it, and that those are all very effective um, prevention methods. How will the ABA address some of the results from the survey? What emerging threats do you think the industry should be watching closely over the next two years? We continue to help facilitate information sharing among our member banks in terms of the latest trends in uh, fraud. Uh, frequently, the fraudsters move around, and they hit one bank today and maybe hitting another bank tomorrow. So if we can get the word out that this is going around, that will help uh, other financial institutions to set up prevention measures and so forth. Uh, also, we're trying to develop uh, uh, services that would enable uh, early warnings of uh, uh, fraudulent activities, such as the uh, bank capture service recently launched uh, to capture uh, bank robbery information and we are looking at expanding that to um, capture fraudulent transaction information as well, such as ATM skimming. Um, in terms of uh, what's coming up, we are hearing uh, increased activities against small business customers and professionals, such as law firms. Um, also, I think the fraudulent account opening, using um, online fraudulent account opening, and link uh, different types of accounts to DBAs, such as uh, HELOC, and transfer the funds in HELOC into DBA and move the funds out, or even uh, link savings accounts, such as time deposit, uh, or use fraudulent checks to open um, CDs. These kind of activities have picked up a little bit. We're hearing it, even though it's not widespread, but uh, we are hearing more institutions experiencing this type of fraud. So I think the natural evolution of fraud from a fraudster's point of view would be you know, move from the traditional to something unexpected. And that's the reason why a holistic view of a relationship would be very helpful because then you understand this activity is out of the norm for this customer that you will be able to uh, take action sooner versus um, wait until uh, it gets to the DVA account. Jane, I want to thank you again for your time today. You're welcome. Thank you for the opportunity. Again, we've just heard from Jane Yao of the ABA. For Information Security Media Group, I'm Tracy Kitt. This podcast has been brought to you by BankInfoSecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.BankInfoSecurity.com.